Ask the Podcast Coach for September 28, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that fun-filled music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And joining me right over there from Nashville, Tennessee, you know him from bigpodcast.com and the book, bigpodcast.com, the one and only David Hooper. David, how's it going, buddy? I am ready to be here so early. <laughs> yeah, who needs sleep on a Saturday morning? <laughs> I, I woke up early for this, Dave. I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm, I'm with Dave Jackson today. Uh, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. And uh, yeah, Jim is out on assignment, as we always say. He's doing that thing. He actually helps... I think I know it's teenagers, it's high school kids, and I think he's teaching them how to code or something like that. But he's, it's a really cool program that he does. And he's like, holy cow, this snuck up on me. And uh, so I was like, ah, time to get some co-hosts going. And uh, yeah, I always right. like to hang out with Dave. So welcome aboard. You'll see Dave on the right. There's a chat room. So we'll have some people here. But if you have any questions that you want to uh, have answered, come on in. It's askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And uh, if you want to tweet out live that we're live, just say, hey, tell everybody to come to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And uh, I got to say, Dave, you have the coolest. You are in the red room. In the red room. Yes. Yes. So a glorified closet. (laughs) It is. It's really cool. It sounds cooler than it is (laughs) when you're talking in audio. (laughs) But uh, so um, we you we were talking earlier before we hit record. And I am, you have big podcast. You have the book. How long did it take you to write that book? The book took about four and a half years because it wasn't really defined. I think I could have probably done it in a couple. I mean, it's not a quick process as you know, but yeah, about, about four and a half years and I'm recording the audiobook now, actually. Well, I was going to say, what's, so, what have you learned about that? Cause that's going to be my next thing. <laughs> well, the audio book is, you know, you may be familiar with something called punch on when you're recording music oh, yeah. and I used to know this, but I always had an engineer who would do it. And punch is basically when you make a mistake, you go back and you play it. They can hit punch. We call punch in. You can fix that mistake and then they punch out and then the mistake is fixed. Right. Audacity has that tool. See, I never script my podcast. I go on bullet points yeah, and I go too. and I edit it after the fact. But if you've got a scripted thing, like a scripted podcast, all you need to do is go to the mistake right before it hit shift D Hmm. Bam! It'll play. It play where you were up until you made the mistake, and right where you made the mistake, it'll start recording again. Punch and roll, baby. So that's the thing that I have learned that really has helped the process because I make a lot of mistakes. Do you do this today? Do you do the thing like you do in music, where like with music, I would actually play along with myself, then somebody would punch in. Okay, right. See, with music, you've got timing, right? Mm-hmm. And I started doing that when I figured out this whole punch and roll thing, cause I'd never engineered myself. And the issue that I'd had with that is that you don't know your timing with your voice. It changes every little time. Mm-hmm. So with music, it's a little bit better. We have meter and we understand right. like rhythm and things. So, um, so the answer to that is maybe, but sometimes it'll, depending on where you punch in, just like a punch in with the music, it'll uh, come in in the middle of the beat. If you will, mm. you'll cut off syllables and things. So you could do that. If you're, you may be better at that than I am. Yeah, it'll be fun. That's uh, the the fun thing that I found out is I I uh, with my book it's called Profit from Your Podcast, and 
I turned it in. I've never worked with a publisher, so I kind of looked through the contract and everything seemed hunky-dory. Really didn't think. I didn't get an agent because there wasn't anything in the contract that I didn't understand. And it does say things like, um, you have to provide an index. And I'm like, I know Microsoft Word. I know Microsoft Word like the back of my hand. I taught it for 20 years. This is a piece of cake, and I can make my own table of contents. Piece of cake done. Then they said, oh, yeah, you can't use Microsoft Word to make the index. And I was like, what? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I just got a bad review on my book on Amazon because there's no index. Mm. And it really pissed the guy off. And my thought was that, why do you need an index? You do a search. Right. Just do it. If you really want an index, get a digital version, search for whatever. Exactly. I don't know how indexes work. There are indexing services, though. Yeah. Maybe something to think of for, for version two. And that's interesting. So they, they want you to have an index. Yeah. Well, here's how, because the whole time I'm like, wait, I'm not getting paid a ton of cash for this book. But I'm like, we're going to have to sell some books for them to make their money back. And uh, basically, they said, oh, we'll do the index for you. And I went, there's where you're going to make your money. And I'm like, ah. But uh, Bangs in the uh, chat room <laughs> is saying he likes to use the Twisted Wave as an editor that has a lot of voiceover artists use. I know uh, Chris Curran's a big fan of Reaper. I, I've heard so yeah. many people talk about Reaper because of Chris Curran that I, I'm probably going to learn it sometime in 2020 just for the fun I've of it. i thought about that as well. Because I know uh, we did a... Uh, the school of podcasting has these office hour things and Steve Stewart popped in. It was hilarious because we were doing stuff on audacity. Somebody asked a question. I'm like, man, where's Steve Stewart when you need him? And literally he showed up like four minutes later. I'm like, were your ears burning, man? And he said, if he had to do it again, he, I mean, here's a guy that knows audacity inside now. And I said, look, I said, you'll never use this function. I said, but I recorded a track in audacity. And I said, what if I want to do a weird thing where I interview myself? I said, how do I create a second track of me recording? And he said, oh, it's it's uh, you hold down the shift key and click on record and it creates a second track of you recording. I'm like, there you go. And that's why Steve Stewart is Steve Stewart. He's the king of yeah. audacity. So, well, you know, it's, it's I love audacity. And I think it's it's worth saying, like the reason I use audacity, I've used it for before I got into podcasting even. And, and I love that it's a free open source software and I try to support that kind of thing. But when I got into podcasting coming from radio, I really wanted to own podcasting. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this stuff on the cheap. I'm going to use not this mic, but like right. ADR 2100 or something, you know, and really own like the, the budget level thing to show that you can sound good and you don't have to be too technical. But I, I think Audacity is amazing. I think it's gotten better. We just mentioned like the punch and roll options. Yeah. It's got some probably more than most people are going to need. Well, is there any, are you just recording as a WAV file or what's, what's the format that you have to have to have your audio book? Do you know? Uh, yeah. To go through ACX, which is Audible's yeah. uh, audio create exchange or something like that, that goes directly to Audible. Now you can go through, uh, there are different places where you can get your audiobook distributed, but I'm, I'm going to probably do an exclusive deal because I'm sending the traffic, right. which most independent authors, that's independent book, by the way, I didn't go through a publisher. So we can debate that if you want to. Uh, 16, 16 bit. Yeah, it's a wave. It's a 16 bit. I don't know what the other settings are. Just a, some kind of high quality wave. Then they compress it down. Yeah. To, I think they do M4A on audacity. Yeah. I just know uh, for me, that was the one thing that, that, we kind of went back and forth on with the contract is I read through it and I was like, all right, this, you know, I'm, I'm up for trying to publisher. And I said, but I want hundred percent of the audio rights. And they're like, wait, what? And I go, I want hundred percent oh, of the audio rights. You did. Yeah. Oh, and okay. I, so, so that was so smart, Dave, because see, my book came out six months ago yeah. and a lot of it, because it's a podcasting book, people are like, where's the audio book? Cause you're talking to people who like audio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and 
per, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. You're going to get the benefit of the marketing from the publisher, the marketing from yeah. the publisher. <laughs> Quotation and, marks. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but yeah. So yeah, let me know when you're ready to do that or we can dive more into it. But yeah. uh, do you, is, is your script final already? No, no. You know? It's I just handed them the first what is basically the first rough draft of, you know, I went through it over and over and over and over. Uh, Banks in the chat room says there's an ACX check to make sure you meet spec and it installs into audacity. Well, there you go. Okay. I have used that and Banks, I've never had it work for me. So that's <laughs> worth saying that I called Chris Curran, Curran and I've called another engineer. I said, can you guys fix this? So even like I've got limited knowledge, maybe compared to, to you, Dave or some other people, but uh, there's something called RMS, mm-hmm. which is, I, I I don't know what it stands for. Something mean. Yeah. Mean, mean something. Uh, Somebody will spit it out get, in the chat room. I'm I, sure. Yeah. I could never get that. I got the noise floor and I, I got that yeah. other stuff, but yeah, ACX check is great for audacity. And there's another thing called second opinion, which is, uh, I think it's a standalone Mac or, or windows thing. And you can run your files through there. There we go. Root mean square. Yeah. Which, which is that's, it's clear as mud now. Exactly. So, <laughs> Well, you know, when you talk to a guy like Chris Curran yeah. and I guess even Steve Stewart and some of these guys that really know their stuff, you realize how little you do know. Yeah. It gets a little crazy. So. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But they get very technical when it comes to audacity. They want five seconds of silence at the beginning, five seconds of silence at the end. It has to be named a certain way. They've got a system, but yeah. it's not, it's not anything that people couldn't do. It's just a lot of times people are overwhelmed, but not, not podcast podcasters wouldn't be. Yeah. Patrick says, I switched from Audacity to Audition after taking Mike Russell's course. I love it, but I don't know that it saved him any time. Yeah, Mike Russell has a. I actually bought that course when it first came out, and I've yet to go through it uh, because cause I don't have enough time, basically. That was the one thing I – boy, I tell you what, it was weird to have something that completely took over my life. Like, it was like, I got a deadline, I got 50,000 words, they got to be by this date, and like, just everything else went, nope, sorry, not doing that. My, like, I didn't see my brother for like three weeks. He's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just, it's like, I, you know, every night, three hours, I'm typing more. Because I got done with the original thing and had like, I don't know, 20-something thousand words. I'm like, I need 30,000 more words. I'm like, okay. And it was weird because I'm so used to podcasting where I get to the point, like, let's just, no yeah. fluff, and I'm like, oh, I can expand yeah. on this a bit. So... But uh, yeah, Bang says the RMS, it's an average that is, uh, I believe he means sort of like how humans hear. Yeah. So root mean squared. Again. So one of the things I think is interesting maybe to talk about regarding books and podcasting that I found, because I've done several books and I've found since podcasting, because you can organize an episode, because you can get to the point that really helped the writing process a mm-hmm. lot. And I'm curious for you, if, if you found yourself because you've done so many podcasts with your public speaking, with yeah. your books, with your blog posts, like your organization ability is so much better than it used to be you know, prior to podcasting. Well, the big thing for me is I ran it through Grammarly and Grammarly oh, yeah. hammered me every time because I would say something like, you know, on the on the Red Podcast, Dave talks about marketing and then I would say, this is a really cool podcast. And Grammarly goes, wait, what's this? Like, what do you mean this? And I'm like, so I would okay. have to, so I'd have to say the red podcast is blah, 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 blah. So, okay, Dave, that, so I have an editor, Wendy Wallace out of mm-hmm. Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and she worked with me on my six figure musician book and also on this one. And I can't tell you how many times that came up all the time. What is this? What is that? Where I wasn't being specific. So kudos to Grammarly for, yeah. So that's doing it, your, your hardcore editing. Well, and that's now helped me do my job at Libsyn because there are times when I'll be like, 
you know, if you click here and click here, do this and that will do such and such. And I'm like, nope, no more that the, and now I'm very specific. So it's made me, I think a better tech support person. And just, it does make you think about, um, the first time listener or the first time person to this subject or whatever it is, because you've got to be clear and specific. So um, I think that helped me that way. I mean, you have to be. And I think even with your podcast, it's one of those things like you think that you're being clear. You think that you're announcing school of podcasting, your mailing list or how to subscribe because you, you're so close to it. And you realize that people are coming in, they're going out, people aren't paying attention, they're driving, they're distracted. So yeah, there's a lot that you can learn from going through the, yeah. process. Definitely. So it'll, it'll, and that's really why I went through like a, why I didn't um, self publish is I'd never gone through a publisher. Um, it's not a horrible you, experience. It's just, I used to publish prior to this. Yeah. Right? Last time I, I spent, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks on an editor, a couple hundred bucks on a, uh, what you call it, a cover. And I didn't do, you know how they do the layout and all that stuff. It was like, it's like, no, it's, it's, it's going to end up on a Kindle. I don't really think it matters that much about it. Made my own table of contents and, off it went. And so I was kind of surprised when I said, Hey, I've told all my friends that it's off to the publisher. And I said, I'm not trying to rush you, but like, what, what time frame are we looking at? And I thought maybe Christmas, you know, and they said July of 2020. And I was like, that's 10 months from now. I was like, and that I asked him yesterday, I go, am I going to be able to update this? Because a lot can change on the internet in 10 months. And they're like, yeah, kind of, but there will come a point where it's like, mm, no more. And I'm like, I get that. But, uh, that was something that I, I want to go back and look at my contract and see if that was there and I missed it. Or maybe, you know, it's a publisher and they got other books to do. I don't really know, but that was. Uh, well, did they tell you? Did they tell you that? Like, the, did they give you a timeline on how long things would take or? Um, I'd have to look. So uh, that, that's the part. I'm like, I need to dig out the because uh, most of it I was just looking at for me. And then it was like, I don't know that there was much in there with time frames besides the fact that if you don't hit your deadline, you, you really got smacked in the face pretty hard. So, I, I mean, I think that, so, so I had a publishing deal. This was a long time ago, my first music business book. And I ended up walking away from it. It was, a um, the orange one, the, the idiot's guide, not dummies, but idiots. Okay. And I found it to be so long, the process of, we've got to prove this. We've got to do this. We want to look at the outline we want to look at, you know what I mean? There were different stages and stuff. Right. I mean, it's still in some ways it takes that long to do it on your own. Yes, we've got As, to do this. We want to look at the, I mentioned four and a half years from my book, but it, at least you can change things if you need to. Like I'm finding stuff reading the audio, like, hmm, maybe I want to change that, you know, or finding typos or something and I can at least go in there and fix it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you know, but I don't know, there, there's pros and cons. I mean, if they do a good job of marketing your book, you can only go so, so far as an independent uh, artist or publisher. I mean, when you have a, a machine behind you, that can really help things. And you may be able to reach people like that I'm not reaching just, you know, simply because you have a, a publisher who knows uh, maybe the market even a little bit better. People who would be interested in podcasting, business people, airports. I don't know. Hey, let's uh, I, I did want to talk about a subject. Uh, you know, Jeff Sanders, right, uh, Dave? I know Jeff Sanders very well. He is a guy who actually uh, has a couple books. We've been talking, having the same discussion with yeah. him. Yeah, I uh, uh, let me share my screen here. I don't know if this is this is probably not going to work because it's still pretty small. Yeah, that's yeah, you can't read that. Anyway, this is Jeff put this on Facebook. He said uh, recently one of my podcast guests appeared on the Today Show to promote her new book. Within hours of her appearance, people around the world were Googling her name and her new book. And what did they find on Google? That's right. They found the show notes page of my interview 
on her on his website. Uh, he goes, my traffic spiked, my podcast download spiked, my brand grew. Interviewing awesome guests is great, but you can't capitalize on their celebrity. You are certainly limiting your potential impact if you don't have some kind of show notes here. He says, I know this is only one angle of podcasting, but marketing is how you grow your show and more of the right people find your content. Uh, Keep making great show notes pages and please do not please use your own website, not the auto generated one by your host. So I just thought uh, I would uh, bring that up here because people ask all the time, do I need a website? And for me, I, I think that's a, a given. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> well, I used to, for a long time, I was on WordPress. Mm-hmm. That was the, kind of the standard thing. Yeah. And I, I found it to be overkill. I'm actually using the auto-generated one by my host, mm-hmm. which is Libsyn. So uh, Jeff's not wrong. He's doing what we call newsjacking when something is, yeah. is popular. Maybe or if you've got a guest who dies, I've had that happen. You've got a guest who gets arrested, had that happen. Or somebody who's <laughs> on the Today Show. Right. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're going to get traffic from that. So it's not wrong. Um, you know, I really like the Lipson site, though. I I, th- I think yeah. it simplifies. And I look at myself as a podcaster and be like, all right, I'm going to have episode notes there. I call them episode notes uh, to back to back them up, uh, back up those episodes. But I, I don't some people go overkill with it, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the reality is that most people are listening to your podcast. They're not reading things. And I feel that Google search is going to get so much better because they can do audio now. So he's not wrong. And I don't think either of us would be wrong and we could have three different opinions. Yeah. And you can do, I I put some links in the chat room, hate to wait, wait is W E I G H T. So it's a weight loss show and the story behind podcast.com, which of course is Emily Prokop, who is the queen of (laughs) that's, that's Emily. Uh, and so she uses the Libsyn site and she's actually found ways to kind of completely just take it to, uh, as, as Cliff would say, a whole new level. Uh, so you can, you can do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I have a domain on mine. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's one thing I think that helps pay, pay two bucks for the domain. Yeah. I think it's great. Or subdomain, uh, put a, um, SSL on there. So it's a secure connection that also helps, but, um, I'll have to go look at that Emily Prokop story behind. That's a great podcast. Yeah, the story behind podcast and hate to wait.com. So um, in the chat room, they are saying they were asking, is there a really good free audacity class? There's tons of stuff on YouTube um, and bangs in the chat room says, Hey, Buzzsprout just released a really nice tutorial a couple weeks ago. So uh, the, yeah, I think YouTube is great. I yeah. think even for equipment, if you want to use, like I'm going into the uh, Scarlet, Mm-hmm. third generation they show you how to set it up on youtube you don't have to read manuals anymore yeah they'll show you how to wire everything up i i think that's the great thing about audacity when we're comparing it to reaper or something is you do have that community same thing with pro tools yeah if you want to go in that direction I, th- I think that helps yeah the steve stewart we're talking about is steve stewart.me and if you go to that website and you'll see a link at the top there for courses uh steve has a really good course on that it's uh I mean, in the school of podcasting, I have a course on Audacity, and all I do is show you exactly like the bare bones, what you need to know, which is how to import a file, how to drag it around to the spot you need it, how to adjust volume levels, and how to export it as an MP3. Because in reality, that's kind of all you need to do. But Steve has all the cool keyboard shortcuts and all the other stuff. Uh, and then uh, Fred is saying in the chat room, I found Steve Stewart's course on Audacity to be great. Yeah, it's really good because, well, Steve's a good guy. So, But uh, yeah, the other thing, one last thing about... Uh, the the website 
Um, we're talking about built-in websites from Podbean or Libsyn or whoever you're using. Most of those, and this is where you have to kind of determine what do I want people to do with my website? So if you just want them to subscribe to your podcast and listen to it, most built-in websites will do that perfectly. That's what they're designed to do and subscribe. You know, now if you, it's when you want to start doing a B split testing and, you know, I want to put a form on my, from my email list or things like that, that gets a little tricky because they're not really designed to do that. They're designed to make a website that you can listen and subscribe and, you know, leave comments, maybe something like that. So it really depends on what you want to do. So side note there, Dave, you know, one of the things that I do, here's how I differentiate my websites. I've got a, a website that is not the podcasting site, but it's affiliated with the brand. I have a blog not the podcasting site, but affiliated with the brand. So I, I get some of that stuff there. And then I have the podcasting site on Libsyn just to host the audio files, if that makes sense. So I hope I'm, I'm clear on that because I agree with you. I think it's good to be able to have this other stuff on your web presence, but I, I just use subdomains to yeah. connect them all together. So it looks like it's one website to somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. Same color, same branding, that kind of thing. That's very cool. Uh, Banks is asking, I don't know if I allow links in chat rooms. I don't know. That's a Google thing. I don't have a problem with it. I think people are allowed to put uh, links in there. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that. Um, another quick question here. Um, this is from Facebook. It's from Dustin Hamilton. He says, I host my show on Buzzsprout. A lot of Buzzsprout talk today. Uh, I keep hearing other people talk about their downloads and subscribers, but down, but Buzzsprout only shows listeners and plays. My question is, is, um, are these terms interchangeable by most? Am I missing out on an analytics feature of those? We kind of talked about this last week when, when Jim was here in theory, if we want to like totally get our absolute geek on, there is no such things as streams and podcasting. It is a, and I'm drawing a blank on the stupid phrase again, progressive download. It, it downloads your files in chunks. So it's not really a stream. And so in reality, you can call it what you want, whether it's a listen or a stream or a progressive download or a play. It's it's that file going from your media host to your, your audience. So uh, that's one of those things where I think sometimes we get hung up on like what it is and all the the whatever the minutia around the terminology and things like that. Uh, yeah. No, if you're not familiar, Geek uh, in the chat room here says, is Buzzsprout like a flavor of herbal tea? Sounds like it, doesn't it? I'm I'm having a or lovely glass. Maybe of, like a one of those Colorado uh, tea shops. Yeah. Well, Kyle Bondo, uh, I owe Kyle Bondo a huge apology because I, I I emailed Dave and I said, "Hey, Dave, can you be a host on Ask the Podcast Coach?" And he's like, "Yeah, cool." So I'm like, "All right, I'll have uh, next week is Joel, um, Joel, you know that Joel guy." Now I want the problem is when I say Joel, I hear the word Osteen the happy Jesus man. And I can't think of the guy's actual real last website. Uh, he does always listening with uh pod Vader. Anyway, it'll come to me later. So I went over to my calendar and said, I need to see, like, I'll put these on my calendar. And I reached out to Kyle and I said, Hey, you want to be a, a guest on ask the podcast coach? And the problem was I went to November and I said, are you available on, on uh, October 9th? And there is no October 9th on a Saturday. And uh, Kyle's like, this would be great. I'm excited. And then I went, oh, crap. I'm sorry. That was November. And the two weeks in October, I'm out. One, I'm at uh, I'm at two conferences. One, she podcast, and the other one is a thing in uh, Youngstown. So I got Kyle all hot and bothered. And I'm like, I think that I said, you can have the 26th if Jim's not back. So I uh, anyway, so Kyle, I'm, I apologize for that. But anyway, he it's said, honor, honor to be here. 
And he says, can you talk? I told him, I said, if, if worst case scenario, you are next in line when Jim goes out. Can you both talk about your book publishing experiences? Um, I'm going to throw this out to you, Dave. Jim asked last week, what's the biggest advantage? Like, why, why would somebody write a book? And I was like, hmm, that's a good question. So uh, I'll, I'll let you take you, that. Okay, so so just to clarify the question, book publishing experience, like working with a publisher or working with self-publishing or just, if, if you could, if you could, Kyle, is Kyle asked that question? Um, yeah. If you could respond to that while I answer this, why to write a book is because I feel that for me, I was coming from the music industry for 20 something years and I was doing, I've, I've been doing radio since 91 podcasting since 2005, but I felt I needed to reinvent myself. I was so well known in the music business comparatively from the broadcasting stuff that I did. I was like, all right, well, and then I went overboard. If you've seen the book, I mean, it's this thick, man. I mean, it is big. Um, <laughs> you can take somebody went, out with this. I, I sleep. I, yeah. Some people sleep with a gun next to their bed. No, this is next to my bed. You come in, <laughs> throwing the book at you. The sound absorbs your material for your studio. So, <laughs> So for me, I mean, I wanted to have, I mean, being in the industry, music industry, I mean, uh, the things that are going to give, give you credibility are an album, for example, working in publishing, which I've also done. That's, you know, you want to have something out there that shows your your viewpoint. And I wanted something that showed my viewpoint. I had a lot to say after 20 something years of, of broadcasting and 15 years of podcasting. Uh, and it was stuff that hadn't been said by other people. Like a lot of the books that were out on podcasting were technical they weren't necessarily marketing or how I saw it as like building celebrity, which is kind of gets back to your question there, Kyle, about I, I needed to build my own celebrity and I was starting from scratch and I found a book is the best way to do it. If you think about Oprah, if you think about Larry King and all these radio or well, radio and television shows of the past, I mean, how do you get on there? One, you kill somebody, you do something <laughs> like a political scandal or you have a book. And in Dave's case, he's done all three. So there you go. He just, we, we don't <laughs> I've, talk about I've much. had guests that have done all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, um, the reason I originally did it is when they said you can have a book on Amazon, I went, oh, I got to do that. I want to just, I, someday I want to go to Amazon and go, look, I have a book. And so I did that. And then the problem was that was back in 2012 and the book was really getting old in the tooth. Like when people are like, why you, you know, I just bought your book. You don't even mention Patreon. I'm like, it didn't exist in 2012. So I knew I was going to rewrite yeah. it anyway. Uh, and then this company approached me. Um, I look at it. I learned so much. I like the experience, I think, more than I did the book, just because, A, it really put me in kind of a pressure cooker. Uh, so I learned a bunch of lessons there. Um like Dave was saying, you really do have to figure out what is it I'm trying to say. You have to kind of get clear on your message. Um, yep. And I've never worked with a publisher. So now I have that inside, you know, I have something that I can base this on. So in the future, if I want to write another book, and I've already said in my head, I think you're done with books at this point, at least for a while. Um, you know, I'm like, if, if later yeah. a publisher comes up to me, I'm like, okay, here's the deal, you know what's your process? Can I give you my own index built in Microsoft word? And they'll probably say no or whatever. You know, I, I have these little things to, to ask that maybe I didn't know to ask before I asked all the right questions. I, I, uh, I didn't care. Somebody said, make sure you get enough free books. Cause a lot of, I think I get, I don't know, a handful, 10 or 15 or something like that. And they said, if you want to give out a bunch of free books, you got to get that in your contract. Um, and how, yeah. how, how I can, 
buy a book, uh, buy my own book at a cheaper rate and things right. like that. So I, I went over the, the right. stuff that I cared about. It's, it's these little things that I didn't, I didn't know that I had to make my own index using a system that's not Microsoft word. And I'm like, Hmm, no, that's, that's didn't think to ask that. But, uh, so, um, you know, it's, I, I liked it just because it, it was, a f- I don't know. I'm kind of weird sometimes. Uh, are you one of these guys that likes to like, come in under the gun. Like sometimes you operate better, a little under pressure. Um, I am not by choice. I think right. that's just the nature of, of, of who I am. When I'm, when my back is against the wall, you're forced to do something and I'm easily distractible. You know, a lot of, a lot of creative salesy kind of people are, and it, it forces the gun to the head method is what I call that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest doing it like waiting till the last weekend no. before the book is due and going for it. But you know, that's one of the reasons it took four and a half years. I didn't have those deadlines. Sometimes I think having those deadlines are helpful. Yeah. That's, that's really what it did. And for me, cause I thought about that. If I were to write another book and that's where there is this part of me that goes, do we really need that book would be like a planning your podcast. Um, because originally when I, if we go back to 2012, when I handed my original document to my original editor, he said, okay, which one of these books do you want to publish? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you have a planning your podcast book. You have a how to grow your podcast book and you have a how to make right. money with your podcast book. Which one do you want? Right. And yeah. so I thought, well, I could always take that, you know, that chunk and put that out. But I think I'm with you. I kind of like the fact that uh, I could if I if I did that, I would just work on it till I was happy with it and then get it to an editor. There's no deadline. No big deal. Uh, and I would also, the other thing I did that was kind of funny, I started off, I took a course on how to use Scrivener, which is this mm. book writing kind of tool. And about and that, that's how you wrote this book? No, I got, I got about, I went through the whole course and was just having a hard time with the formatting. And I was like, this is really kind of stupid because I know Microsoft Word like the back of my hand. I can make that thing dance. And I'm like, and you're you're now kind of up against a small deadline why are you doing this the hard way? And I'm like, you know, we can learn Scrivener later for book number two, but right now this is dumb. So I, well, if, if you're writing a book, the only reason I think I use Scrivener to write this book. Yeah. And the only reason that I really like it is that you can take big chunks of things mm-hmm. and move them around. So yeah. this book was, was if you think of it like a transmission being rebuilt, you tear it apart, rebuild it from scratch. I did that three times on this current book because the outline wasn't perfect and the thing emerges as you're doing it. That's funny you mentioned trilogy, Dave, because I was going to do three books originally. One was it was about building your your media message. Mm. One was about live events. One was about book publishing. One was about podcasting. And the podcasting one took off, but that was really the the main thing when I was starting. And then that wasn't what it was when I ended. So of course I had to redo it. And Scrivener is great for that. But as far as editing, all editors want to use Microsoft Word because it's so advanced. It's the one that everybody has. That's right. the value of it. So I, I moved over to Word myself. Yeah, I think you can export. The thing I liked about Scrivener is you can export to Word once you get it the way you want it. And you can also export it in the format for Kindle, if I remember right. And that's that's what kind of got my attention. I'm like, ooh, because last time uh, there's a way you can do that in Word. I forget there's a special way you save it as an XML something something file, whatever. Uh, And I thought, well, if if Scrivener would do that for me, that's one less step that, you know, no big deal. But uh in the end, I just went back. Yeah, to there, there are other services that'll do that. Uh, I think I use one called Booksy. If you look at the, if anybody's got a Kindle version of my book, I gave them credit in the very beginning, but it was a, it was a free layout service. Oh, nice. And, uh, 
Although you can pay somebody on like Elance or whatever the Upwork, I guess they call it now, probably 50 bucks to do it. You can, and it might be better done than these automated services. It's almost like an automated podcasting thing. It's like, yeah, it'll get you there, but it, you know, Ooh. how slick it is. It's not going to have your index. Here's a good question. But, uh, is, is there a missing podcast book? Yes. I'm going to give you a hint of this week's school of podcasting and I I don't know how to address it, but I, I I ran into a couple people in the past couple weeks. They're averaging, let's say 52 downloads an episode. They've been doing it for nine months and now they want to monetize. And that's, that's kind of my conundrum of how do you, I don't know. Dave, do you think podcasters are open to, uh, feedback in general? No, not yeah. in general. Yeah. I, 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 I found that in my music business career, like when you work with a musician, they'd approach you after the fact and they'd say, what do you think about the album? And what they want you to say is this album is perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. Right. And that's a lot. That's a lot like podcasters that they just want to know that what they're doing is okay. They're not really open to being like that transmission, like I mentioned. And I get it because you have a message and you don't want somebody to hijack that message from you. But in general, I, I would say probably not. Yeah, we do what we're going to do, you know. Yeah, because I, I, well, number one, if you're having fun doing it, by all means. And that's the thing that um, I, I was talking to a guy at the military influencer conference when I was there. And he, I said, well, why did you start your podcast? I said, let's let's start there. What, what was the why? And he goes, oh, that's easy. He goes, um, me and my cousin just love talking about whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, so are you doing that? And he goes, yeah. And I go, congratulations. Your podcast is a success. And he goes, okay, but now we want to make some money. I go, that's a different goal. I go, realize your podcast was set up to do one goal. I want to talk to my cousin about this topic. And I go, and now you got goal number two. I said, and realize that the first goal may have taken you off a way different path that had you said, hey, in the end of this, I want to make money. And for the record, you don't have to make money with your podcast. But if you want to, you should kind of steer it in that direction first, because now you've got a whole audience going one way and you got to bring them with you if you want to get to point B. And that was one I was just like, so A, a lot of people are successful. They don't realize it because I don't know. I just want to talk about NASCAR or knitting or whatever potholders because I love the potholder podcast. Uh, but, you know, and they're doing that. But and then they go yeah. later, and like, I want to make money with this. And I'm like, mm, that's a different. Well, how much money is it? I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth I'm going to be yeah. blunt here. Is it worth selling out your audience to make yourself five bucks a show or something and reading through articles and the BS that you have to deal with, yeah. you know, for just a few bucks to me, to me, no, not really. Yeah. If somebody came in and said, Hey, I want to give you a thousand dollars a pop for a 30 second read. I'd be like, okay, that's, that's enough money for me to make it worthwhile. But if they're going to say 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, you know, probably not. Not if I got to send you tapes of everything and I've got to get everything approved and we got to go over talking points and all this. It's, well, yeah. well, there was a, there was an article out. Let me uh, throw this link in the chat room um, that, that stirred up a lot of uh, people going crazy um, that said, uh, how much money do podcasters make? And he starts off 99% of all podcasters make zero. And I was like, and he goes into how only 7% get 5,000 downloads or above 2% get uh 20,000 and then 1% get 37,000 downloads per episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's see, I think that's lies, damn lies, and statistics. And I'll tell you why. Because if ninety seven percent aren't making money, it's because ninety seven percent are free podcast on Anchor, where somebody smoked a bowl, installed the app, <laughs> and just started talking. They're like, well, I'll just put this up on iTunes, man. Everybody's going to want to hear this, right? And then they then they forgot about it the next day when they woke up. So, yeah. I, I hear people on the stats, but I think if you've really got a message and if you're open to that feedback, like we're talking about, Dave, and if you're open to doing things like we talked about earlier with the book, like getting to the point, not making it all about you, connecting with an audience, you you have an, a real opportunity to do something great and also to make money. Yeah. So I don't know if I would look at those statistics and be like, well, well by God. And the other thing that know? was kind of silly about it is uh, he brings this up and he says, um, Big networks, you know, Wondery, New York Times, It's American Life, and they get X amount of downloads. Well, of course they do. It's the New York freaking Times. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I'm like, and I, I love the fact that yeah. everybody jumps to sponsorship because we think we're radio. And I'm in, in the book, when it does come out in July, you'll hear me say, that's not really the best way to monetize your, your podcast. It's like, you know. Well, that's what people understand. Yeah. And if you think about it, when we've grown up, no matter what generation you are, what do you do? You watch television, you see an ad brought to you by blah, 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 radio. You yeah. watch or listen to radio, you see an ad. That's what we understand. And people really don't understand marketing. They don't understand connection. But if you do those kind of things, again, there's opportunities there, huge opportunities for people. And it doesn't take as many listeners as you think. It's funny. We talk about next book. My next book is going to be called Small Podcast. And it's going to be about. <laughs> oh, dude. No. no, no joke. That's the missing podcast book, but it's going to be about how to monetize a podcast when you've got a thousand listeners. That's it. Well, and I was talking to one of the guys I interviewed in the book is Mark Bologna from beyond bourbon street.com uh, beyond beyond bourbon st.com is his website. No, no, he, let, wait, let, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. It is a new Orleans, uh, local, local podcast. Yep. About stuff outside of the tourist industry. Bingo. Brilliant. Yeah. That is brilliant. I've got a podcast from my neighborhood. And he's got, he, he actually, his, his sponsor came to him and it originally she wasn't a sponsor and said, I, I don't know what you're doing, but you've tripled my income. You've tripled my business because he, wow. fa- he found somebody that does a great tour. That's not the typical New Orleans kind of thing. And you know, and he said, oh, and then they said, we should probably like, I should probably start paying you for this because let's, let's work a deal where we can make this a little more, um, whatever professional or more official. I mean, I, I, I think that is so brilliant. I saw it with my broadcast show, music business radio. You have to look at it like this is like when you are going to go for like CPM, people talk about CPM, $25 per thousand, right? That's a general audience. And when I have somebody say, Hey, we doing $30 per CPM. I'm like, all right, we'll go to Pandora or go anywhere. Right. Click farm or click aid or whatever. And get your, get your $30 for a thousand people. But for me, I mean, my people are music business radio, all musicians. Yeah. That's worth $100 CPM. That's worth $200 CPM because those are the people that buy. Same for any kind of local, local thing you do. That's what I call that. Like New Orleans, that's great. Yeah. And you can see the results of it because you're not wasting all that energy reaching a bunch of people who don't care, yeah. who are just there passively because there's nothing else to listen to. And that's why radio is is radio. That's it. Well, uh, I want to take a quick second. Speaking of uh, local stuff. I want to talk about our awesome supporters 
And these are people that have gone out to ask the podcast slash awesome. You get bonus content when you go out doing that. He said, turning off the banner. There we go. Uh, and we're talking about awesome people like we have a new one. It is the one and only Jim Harold has uh, <laughs> has upped his game. He was a $10 supporter. Now he's a $20 supporter. Check out Jim over at podlords.com. And uh, Dave, have you been on Podlords yet? Have you been asked to? Uh, I, I have. I love Podlords. I think what Jim is doing, and if, if you don't know, the uh, Campfire. Yeah. You talk about a, a, a cool niche podcast. Yeah, Jim is great, and Podlords is great for any kind of podcast. Yeah, so Jim, thanks for upping your, your game. Check him out, podlords.com. Uh, Greg from debtshepherd.com. He teaches financial wellness. Uh, Glenn the Geek Hebert also mentioned a ton in my book, uh, horseradionetwork.com. I need to quit saying mentioned in my book, though, because it's not coming out for for 10 months that's a little over season but this is marketing yeah josh rivers right now if you are doing a local show josh is working on his next season of podcasting experiments.com and it's all going to be about local uh, people doing local shows so i i told mark i said you got to go talk to josh i said that guy's doing a whole series on this so that's coming out uh soon max trescott of it aviation news talk.com shane at spybrary.com Carrie Bond at keywestperspective.com slash podcast, as you might imagine, a podcast about Key West. Carl White talking about local podcasts, uh, Life in the Carolinas podcast. That's with an S, Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. Kim Kragy at Toastmasters101.net. Uh, Jay Cleveland Payne is so cool that he's updating his website right now. Now, the website is morebettermedia.com, but uh, if you go there, he's he's working on it. But remember the uh, domain name, morebettermedia.com, because it's going to be more better very soon. Uh, and if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, and uh, we'll be singing your praises here. And thanks to everyone who helps support the show. So, um, yeah, so that's the, the local thing. So that is going to be a book, small podcast. Uh, eventually, uh, my wife kind of had the same realization that you did. She said no more books. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, 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 I haven't really published or not. I haven't promoted this one. Like I, I've wanted to, I was surprised at how many people really wanted the audiobook, and just, you can see from holding it up, how intimidating it is oh, to read. I can't I imagine. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to read it. So, uh, it's taken a minute for me to do that. Well, as somebody who listens to audiobooks, I'm really glad you're reading it though, because yeah. for me, when the author reads it, it's it's better. And that's nothing against professional voiceover people, but um, I listened to Paul Stanley's first book, which was actually really interesting. Based and, the music, yeah, and then he, um, my favorite music bio, unbelievable. Yeah, and then he yep. came out with a second book, which is not good. Um, it's 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 not bad. It's just I, I think it was leftovers from the first book and they had somebody else read yeah. it, if I remember right. And it was like it wasn't bad, but it was like I missed that, you know, the Paul Stanley so charm. I, <laughs> I can speak to this because my last book, Six Figure Musician, yeah. was it, it was the same as a long process. And I got to the end of it and I hired a professional voiceover guy. If you remember P90X, mm-hmm. the workout program that was super popular yeah. at one time. I hired the voice of P90X. This guy's great. He sounds so polished. But it wasn't me. Mm. And as somebody, especially with podcasting, eating my own cooking, right? It's like, if I'm going to tell you to put yourself out there, if I'm going to tell you to host, read your ads, I've got to read my own book. I knew there was no way around it. And it, it, it absolutely does connect better, especially with something like an autobiography like we're talking about. So, yeah, you want to read your own stuff. And for God's sake, you're a podcaster. Surely you can get behind a mic. The issue might be reading. 
but you can at least get behind the mic and know the technical elements. Yeah. And then Banks says, there are some people that should not read their own books. Well, yeah, I guess, depending on the scenario. <laughs> but I think if you're doing a podcast book, you should be able to hang that out. Oh, hopefully, if you're doing a podcast book, uh, but, that, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Sometimes you're not made for that. Sometimes no. you're not made to write a book. Sometimes you're, not everybody should have a podcast either. Well, Alex, um, oh, Bloomberg from uh, Gimlet. I've heard him speak twice live, and this is a guy that's yeah. used to reading from a script. Great content, but that dude is not cut out for live. It's just he's it's, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell's the same way. Malcolm Gladwell, not a great speaker. Now it can be developed. Yeah, but I mean, I'm even wondering that. The last time I went up on stage, I had a panic attack. So I'm wondering if if live is even going to be an approach for me because I'm used to being behind behind the mic. Was you know? it what what do you think was it just because it was a bigger audience cuz I mean I've saw you at um what was your podcast conference pod podfecta I've done podfecta, podfecta yeah. big podcast yeah. yeah and you were you know fine there was, yeah so talking about panic attacks on stage I think it was the pressure of the opportunity about 10,000 people at the conference not in in my audience mm. uh, I was on uh, I've got three camera three videos of it so I think that put me under a lot of pressure mm. and what uh, some guy I talked about on my podcast, he wrote to me and he talked about uh, perfectionism and that I may have a perfectionist mm. uh, issue. And I know you told this story one time, David, you told it to me, I think in private, you said, you know, I was surprised you started over a couple of times what I didn't think you needed to just, just to try to get that correct inflection mm. when I was recording something. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Maybe I do have those perfectionist tendencies, but yeah, that's that was a, a wake up call to me, and that that can happen to you at any time. And I think that's almost like Russian roulette. That's kind of scary. It's like if it was every time, you'd know you had to prepare for it. Yeah, but the fact that it might just rear its ugly head uh, right dude, when you're up there—that's like me with hospitals. <laughs> I, I have a yeah. thing where I have passed out like hard in in hospitals. Um, and then my dad got sick and I'm like, oh, this is going to, you know, and I was, I I thought the minute I hear beeping and tubes and stuff, I'm just going to drop and and everybody was ready to catch me. Not a problem. Zero. And then, um, the last time I passed out was watching the movie concussion. Remember with the, it was Will Smith talking about the football players and all they did was talk about, all they talked about was thinly slicing a brain. And the next thing I know, I start to feel sweat coming down my, my, and I'm like, there's a voice in my head that says you should get out now if you're going to. And I, I didn't. And I woke up to my legs doing the river dance and I'm like, wow, that was kind of fun. I'm just covered. It's like somebody threw that. So yeah, it's, it's rough when you can't, I mean, it's in, it's in your head. So you just gotta, you know. Well, you know, I think there are a lot of pressure pressures on us as let's call ourselves content creators, if you want, uh, yeah, to do video, to do podcasting, to do books, to do blogs, to do whatever. But I always talk about go for your forehand, make your forehand so good that people won't recognize that you don't have a backhand. So uh-huh. you do you. If you don't like to do video, don't do video. If you don't like to do podcasting, don't do podcasting. I mean, r- seriously, you listen to podcasting. Uh, broadcast i realize but maybe it's not for you if you don't like it don't force it maybe live thing because you want to have that live feedback because you don't have that in podcasting that was weird for me when i started to be in a room by myself talking as if somebody's listening yet no one was listening and -hmm. truth be told sometimes no one's listening when you put out your podcast but i'm bump give me that drum hit dave (laughs) there we go (laughs) that's true but anyway i mean I, i do think you have to you have to do you but that's the great thing about starting everybody wants a big audience and that's the great thing about not having a big audience is you can fall flat on your face and, yeah, and nobody knows nobody's nope 
nobody knows. And even if you're in front of a crowd, like I was on that stage, a lot of, I got texts the next day. Hey man, great speech. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? That's it. Are you well, joking? I thought people were joking. Well, you know that from, from being a musician, I, I remember when there are times you're on stage and you're getting ready to sing the third verse and you have no idea what the third verse is. So you sing the third, the first verse again, and nobody knows the difference. They're yeah. just out there dancing. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I, when I heard you say that on your yeah. show, that there were yeah. people like, Hey, it was great. And you're like, wait, what? So yeah. Yeah, but. I mean, I got I got the guy who organized it, but I always think, you know, maybe this is the perfectionist tendency. I'm like, that guy's just trying to make me feel better. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh man, great, great speech. That was the organizer. I'm like, uh, yeah. Do, no. you, do you have a hard time accepting compliments? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a, like a hard time, but I don't really believe. Yeah. Like I see these guys, and I think this comes from my musician background, right? Mm-hmm. In that, see these guys, and they would believe their own hype. Mm. And they would get caught up in that and believe their own press and the stuff that, you know, they're putting out themselves. And and I could see that it would destroy them. So I think I'm sensitive to that, like getting too caught up in, in that. Because the reason I ask is, is my ex-wife used to say, you're, you're really horrible at accepting compliments because she would hear me like somebody would come up and say, man, I listen to your podcast. I love it. And I'm like, or, or whatever, this and that. And I would say, oh, that's, that's really nice, you know, or whatever. But then later I'd be like, well, you know, and she goes, no, didn't you hear the guy say like, they really like your show? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah but he's just saying that because I'm standing three feet in front of him. She's like, no, he's saying that because he doesn't get to say that to you, to your face. And he's taking advantage of it. She's like, why don't yeah. you believe that guy? And I'm like, mm, yeah. so it's, I don't think, I think if he told you, you sucked. You would have believed it. <laughs> exactly. So it's, you the, suck, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the whole, I think it's the whole imposter syndrome that's still kind of residing back there a little bit. I, you know, that's such an interesting thing. Cause I don't feel like I have imposter syndrome because I've been broadcast. I started in 91 when I was in college and been mm-hmm. podcasting since 2005. Now I had breaks in between there. Right. But not since 2005. So I don't know that I have imposter syndrome for podcasting. I feel very confident when talking about it, but it, it is weird. I mean, I think just by the nature of, of podcasting, like I like being in this small room here and just doing my thing and not having to deal with people. And I, I know you mentioned Howard Stern mentioned that. Yeah. The, like being he, he loves the first you can connect with people. Yeah, it's like, it's the great way to meet millions of people without actually meeting millions of people. Yeah. So, uh, Kim says in regards to your, uh, panic attack, nobody ever, no one expects the Spanish, I mean, stage fright for those of you that remember Monty Python. Uh, and then, uh, Hal and Philly says, I'm reading big podcast. Now the big physical version. And it's great. So there you go, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. If you find any typos, please let me know for the next, <laughs> cause there were a few, you know, I had seven editors, Dave, this is the other thing that, that oh, I wow. book. Oh God. I mean, don't, don't you ever do that? Like you put like out a podcast and you find a mistake right after it's out. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. I, uh, I switched, uh, email clients, um, because there was something that came up on AppSumo that I was like, like I use convert kit. I have nothing bad to say about convert kit. I just switched to Synfox. I did. And the thing that's interesting and why, because I don't use half the stuff in convert kit and I'm paying 50 bucks a month. And I was like, you know, I could, there are two things I could do here. There a learn to do the super jumbo deluxe email marketing, or I could save, you know, uh, six grand a year. And I'm like, Hmm, you know what? Uh, in, in the world of like, what's on my, pr- and I can always go back to convert kit if I want to, but I hopped on it 
But the thing that's fun is I had to go back because I have a few lead magnets and things like that. And I have the one school of podcasting.com slash baby steps. Oh, and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking when I did that. Probably it was one thirty in the morning, but I found so many things that I'm like, like the one you could see where I'd come up with a template and it was like baby <laughs> step seven and baby yeah. step eight said baby step 78 because I had not yeah. gotten rid of the seven. And I was like, <laughs> what? I'm like, I can't believe that's been sitting there for months yeah. And, uh, so, but, but here's the thing. It still helped people, Dave. Well, that, yeah, that's but, the double-edged sword of that. But my, my point is maybe you should go back and listen to something that you've done like a year ago or six months ago. Oh. So, so you can oh. kind of come across it with a fresh set of eyes because I was like, wait, how did I miss that? That was horrendous. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I mean, I think about that. That's why I have my old podcast up because people say, Oh, you sound so great. Well, you need to get, you need to go back <laughs> and listen to episode look, one. But I also need to do that because progress in podcasting is slow and steady. And I think I told you this story, Dave, is that being on the, on the radio, you know, we do promos and we run them all week and then the show comes out and we were doing something. We didn't have a promo. We had lost it or something and somebody lost it and I had to go in and recut it again. And I went in there and they were like, from the vault, it's the, you know, we're interviewing whomever. Hmm. And I cut it in one take, bam. And, and I flash back to that first, those first early promos when it was taking me, I was fumbling over something and we're talking 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. And that's when I realized, so, well, this podcasting thing has actually helped me to be a better public speaker and a better broadcaster. And I, I, I got better broadcasting once I started podcasting, but it is a slow process and it's hours and hours in the studio. You can't expect to be great overnight. Yeah, that's, that's really it. It's one of those things that like anything else. Uh, and that's, I, I, I got to quit referencing a book that doesn't exist yet, but I, I, I said, you know, oh, it exists. You just can't get it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I, I put in there, you know, can you make money with your podcast? And I go, can you make money as an actor? Can you make money as a musician? Can you make money as an athlete? Yeah. If you put in the time, the dedication, and you happen to get a little lucky, uh, you know, that whole nine yards, then sure. You know, depending on what it is, I just listened to, uh, Kyle does a show called pod wrecked and, um, he mentioned how there was somebody at, at uh, MapCon that said, how many people say, I want to make money with a podcast? And you go, great. What's your product? And they go, oh, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, just because you're involved doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make money or doesn't make it make interesting. So you do have to finagle that. So you got to have a, a product or something. You could take donations. Well, you, well something like a, like a religious thing or like a spiritual, like a Oh yeah. You've got a message. Maybe people are going to donate for you to spin that or spread that message. Yeah. That's, that's the one that always kind of makes me go, Hmm, is when you're doing inspirational stories. Cause like a, a running podcast, you can pimp shoes and you know, uh, whatever. But when it's inspirational stories, it's like, Hey, look, you can have inspiration in a jar. No, you can't. That doesn't exist. So how does, that's where you got to go to Patreon or, or then you, we were talking earlier, we're only, you know, less than 10% of people get enough uh, downloads to get, you know, your stamps.com and all that other stuff. And like you said, then you're kind of, depending on what the CPM is, you might be selling out. So, well, I think that the world is full of inspiration. I think yeah. the world is full of how to information go to YouTube where we, where we have no shortage of weight loss information <laughs> or how to dunk a basketball information or whatever you need. It is all out there. So it has to be something more to really connect with people and to get that, uh, that going for you. And I think it's a relationship with the audience. 
Yeah, I That's think it's a relationship be- between them themselves and also between you and them and a connection. It's personality. That's the only thing we really bring to the table that's any different yeah. than anything else. The uh, the thing that came up in all these stories as I'm interviewing people was it was a value to relationships. That was it. It's like they built they, they gave value. They established relationships. Uh, Bangs in the chat room says overnight success takes years of work. And then Randy has a great point. Um Too often the question isn't whether money can be made in a certain area. The question is whether or not you can do it. That's a great point. That is a great point. That's, that's, that's very Randy Cantrell of you. If I do say so myself, I think we think that when we're reading an inspirational book, it's like, Oh, that's okay for other people, but it's not going to work for me. And that's our own. That's inner, inner uh, conflict. that Randy would call it head trash. He just got head trash going on there. So yeah, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. It's like, it works for them, but it's not going to, you know, Dave Jackson has that great mic, but I don't sound that good on it. Yeah. That's why I, I, uh, I'm giving away the entire school of podcasting episode. Uh, I went back and looked at Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to Michigan, I think in 1995. And I said, what if Tom Brady said, you know what? I'm not going to play football because I'm never going to be Brett Favre. I'm never going to be Troy Aikman. I'm never going to be all the top guys in 1995. But he pushed through and he'd already put in a lot of work and now he's the goat, right? The greatest of all time. And I'm like, so when you see somebody going, ah, I'm never going to be David Hooper. I'm never going to be, you know, Randy Cantrell. I can't do that. Um, Well, if you stick with it and put in, you know, four years of college in this case to get his game up. And then he was picked, I think, number seven by the Patriots. So, you know, he, he wasn't even really a top pick, but because of his discipline and his whatever the heck Tom Brady has. Uh, I watched, um, there's a thing on HBO called, I think it's called the shop. It's produced by uh, LeBron James and he gets a comedian and then typically a, a rapper of some sort of musician. And then some, uh, what you call it, Some athletes and Kevin love who used to be, he still plays for the Cavaliers. So he, he was LeBron's uh, teammate and they said, well, what makes LeBron LeBron and Kevin just pointed his head. He goes, it's up here. It's, it's the yep. mentality. So that's a really, really cool show. But uh, a lot if, of times, how many people have you seen just jump in and they don't think about why it won't work. They're just like, well, Hey, I saw this 10 minute documentary on YouTube and they said to get into podcasting. The next thing you know, they're making it happen. Yeah. It's because they don't have all that head trash. Like you're talking about, they, you know, you and I have every excuse. Cause we've, uh, we, we've been in podcasting for a long time. So sometimes that can hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's just stuff you got to work around. Yeah. Well, Dave, what's what's coming up on your your future episodes there? Big podcast and Red Podcast. Anything you want to plug? Of course, where can you buy the book? Bigpodcast.com. Uh, well, the book is at, yeah, bigpodcast.com slash book is the way to do it. Audiobook is coming in a month. So I will, uh, and if you're, I'll just throw this out there. If you're interested in listening to the beta version of the audiobook, Ooh. like maybe there's mistakes. That I make <laughs> and letting me know about those mistakes, uh, you know, reach out to me. Just bigpodcast.com is, is the way to do that. There you go. And on the school of podcasting, you're going to hear everything I talked about today. I'm going to be talking about how to grow your audience when it's stalled, what to do if your podcast is stalled. And uh, it's going to be kind of for beginners, a little like go win one for the team, go think about Tom Brady kind of stuff. 
But uh, that'll be coming up uh, on the next episode of the School of Podcasting. Stick around for some post-show. Speaking of beta stuff, I'm going to show you a beta website that I'm working on. And if you want to see SendFox, I guess I could show you that. We do a lot of visual stuff in the post-show. because I've had uh, SendFox for the last four or five months, Dave. I can talk to oh, you well, about there you that, go. too. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, again, find Dave over at bigpodcast.com. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. We are here every Saturday morning, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Be sure to tell a friend. And uh, thanks to the chat room. And, Dave, this is where I just ramble on until we get down to the 11-second mark, which is 22 seconds from now. Just vamp it. skills. And (laughs) I mean, like a David Lee Roth kind of. <laughs> That's it. Play him out. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, so stick around for some post show. If you want to get the post show, simply sign up to be an awesome supporter at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So stick around.